everyone, and welcome to an EPP Group podcast here in the Vox Box of the European Parliament. And this time, it's on media freedom. It is in trouble in parts of Europe and in many parts of the world. In fact, uh, the World Press Freedom Index shows significant declines in six countries in Europe. So the danger can be deadly, as we saw in Malta in recent years and in Slovakia, two journalists uh, killed there. Another investigative journalist was recently attacked in uh, Montenegro. So I know what it's like. I know what it's like to be threatened as a journalist, to be shot at, to be taken hostage. I won't go into all that here now, but I know what it feels like. And the European Parliament recently, last November, uh, passed a resolution saying it is deeply concerned about the state of media freedom within the EU and denounces the violence, harassment and pressure faced by journalists. Now, what is the European Commission doing about it? They have 18 projects, close to 20 million euros over the seven years, right? Uh, to map violations of media freedom, to defend journalists under threat, and to support investigative journalism. What else can the EU do about it? And that's why we're talking to two MEPs today and a journalist, uh, Vlado Bilcik, who is an MEP, member of European Parliament from Slovakia. He's on the Libe Committee, the Civil Liberties, Justice and Home Affairs Committee, as well as that special committee on disinformation. And Sandra Kalniete is MEP from Latvia. You're also uh, on the Special Committee on Disinformation. Uh, you're uh, also on the uh, Foreign Affairs Committee. You're an ex-foreign minister from Latvia. And Michał Szuczynski, deputy editor of the Polish daily Rzeczpospolita. Welcome to all three of you. Now, let's go back to that, uh, the Reporters Without Borders uh, report on Poland. Um, can we uh, show that on the screen? Poland, last year, ranked 62 out of about 190 countries in terms of press, uh, on the World Press Freedom Index, down three in one year. And it says, included, it says, journalists can be sentenced to as much as a year in prison for defamation. Michał Szuczynski, deputy editor of Rzeczpospolita, what's been your experience and that of others as journalists in Poland lately? Mm -hmm. Um, the, the problem with this uh, part of the uh, criminal code saying that uh, the defamation can be um, reason to, to, to punish uh, is a huge problem in Polish, uh, Polish law. For many years, unfortunately, it was uh, for it, it works more than 30 years. But the problem is the rising number of lawsuits against journalists. Uh, some people call it slap, a strategic lawsuit against public participation, right. which sometimes have a freezing effect. Um, and some independent uh, journalist association count that there are all, almost uh, 200 uh, such lawsuits um, against journalists in Poland. Um, second problem is the um, question about independence of judic judiciary system because you do not have a free press without um, independent judiciary system because if there are lawsuits and they are uh, uh, subject to the trial and independent judge is judging it it's 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 okay but, but when the judges have... the lineup of judges has changed under the new government right uh, or the government is trying to change it because yeah. because judges are still um, are, are there's a 
the, the society of, of, of judges are, are, are very polarized as well and politicized. Uh, and the third point, which is not um, part of these reporters without borders um, report from last year, because it happened um, very recently, it is the purchase of a uh, huge Polish uh, firm which was um, which held a handful of local journals um, um, and many websites and uh, regional regional weeklies which was um, which was owned before by uh, German enterprise Passauer press and it was bought by the Polish state-owned petrol firm which is another question how it is like when media are owned by the company which is controlled by the government Indeed. Uh, and we, I might mention, we see in other countries where uh, companies that are not at all in the media own uh, media companies. And that's, that's a bit uh, shady or a bit uh, curious as well. But uh, what patterns do we see elsewhere uh, in Europe and in the, uh, the rest of the world? Sandra, uh, let me ask you, and, and in mind, that uh, you did live uh, in Latvia when it was under Soviet control. So how must that feel to you? And what do you see now in the rest of uh, Europe and in the rest of the world? Yes, I, I really know what does it mean to live in the country where everything is controlled, including media, but the, the side effect is that majority of population don't take seriously what media uh, are writing. And uh, I would say that this is rather very um, negative trend what we can see also now in uh, in Europe and I'm not speaking only about um, quality journalism or journalism in general because um, somehow people seeing uh, um, they are putting a, a sort of label of official uh, media or mainstream media to to classical uh, classic media which we are used of offline media and uh, that is very uh, dangerous tendency because uh, uh, that negative connotation uh, highlights the importance of uh, social media in distribution the information and we are in a completely different land that's why i am deeply deeply convinced that we um, I mean, European Union and also governments of member states, we should do more uh, financially supporting offline media and quality journalism. Uh, the, the problem is how to find the right balance between supporting and preserving independence of media. Indeed. Because independence yeah. of media is of utmost, utmost importance. That's true. That's true. Uh, let, let me uh, go to uh, Vlado. Um, Vlado, what more can you add about that, about what we see elsewhere uh, in Europe and in the, the world on the media freedom? Well, thank you very much, Chris. I think this is an extremely timely debate uh, because it's not just a resolution we passed in the European Parliament last fall, but actually this has been on our agenda um, almost constantly. Uh, quite frankly, uh, probably 10, 15 years ago, we wouldn't be having a debate like this. And this is not just about the situation in Poland. Uh, we see that across Europe, across much of Central Europe, uh, when we look at uh, the um, 
uh, World Press Freedom Index, which uh, Micha was referring to, um, there has been uh, a either a significant or, or certainly a, a notable drop. Um, in uh, uh, the quality of uh, freedom and the quality of the media environment um, across Europe um, in a number of countries, um, uh, including my own Slovakia, which actually uh, really uh, saw the most terrible uh, events um, uh, just uh, um, in 2018 when an investigative journalist, Jan Kuciak, and his fiancée were uh, killed. Um, right. uh, we also saw the same event in, in Malta in 2017. Um, so this is a broader trend. Uh, uh, freedom and independence of media is under an increasing pressure. And I think this is where Europe also needs to act. Uh, the slab laws, which Michal has mentioned in, in terms of Poland, uh, this is a, a part of a wider trend, uh, uh, which, which really tries to uh, threaten, intimidate, and, and wipe out the credible media. And it's not just a question of money we need to look at when it comes to solution. It's also a question of rules, uh, monitoring, but also responsibility. Responsibility in public life and politics. Uh, we as politicians all have responsibility because, unfortunately, words can kill. Uh, and this is uh, this is a fact, um, and we've seen it. Um, and I think we need to use words responsibly also in in our uh, public life and in our political life. Uh, this is this is the basic precondition for having also a good and quality media environment. But of course, it's not mm -hmm. enough. Uh, so uh, the situation has become worse, and we need to take action. Yeah, words can uh, motivate people to kill, as we saw the the uh, the murder of the Gdansk mayor as well. Uh, what are the preconditions for a pluralistic media environment in a democratic society, Sandra? I already mentioned uh, checks and balances yep. in the regulatory framework. This is something where we have uh, very closely to work with journalistic associations and uh, media uh, watchdogs uh, to, to find that the right approach, how to support media. I find also quite interesting the experience of Australia uh, when they uh, rechanneled a part of the finance, finances coming from platforms to support offline media. I, I think Europe also must mm. think how to ameliorate how to make better our um, copyright protection laws in that, uh, mm. that uh, sense. Right. And what about rule of law tools? Uh, are they efficient? What do they, uh, what do they trigger on the ground? Michal, what have you seen as far as rule of law tools? Um, the, these tools are problematic for the public because uh, it's really hard to... Um, to uh, talk to the people and talk to the to to the voters that these for example what is what is the uh, most severe measurement i mean sanctions or um this rule um uh, money for 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 rule of law uh, sometimes can be perceived by by the people as something which is targeted uh, against uh, people, not not the government. Mm. So, so people say, okay, um, we, we sometimes criticize what government is doing, but why do you want to punish us? So I think that um, the, this financial tool is important, ah. but also you have to think how to, for example, help and um, make this condition of, of, of media better vis-a-vis mm. uh, -vis the state.
Uh, Vlado, can you add to that about rule of law tools? Absolutely. I mean, I've, uh, Mikha has already mentioned this. I have already alluded to it. Uh, I'll give you one specific example. Okay. Right? I think we can take uh, European action and we should take European action. And, and that concerns the strategic lawsuit against uh, public participation. These are the so-called slap laws, uh, which um, have uh, led to the fact that now across Europe, across a number of countries, we've seen um, uh, a heavy increase um, in lawsuits uh, which target journalists, which uh, target media houses. And quite frankly, their aim is not necessarily to, um, you know, uh, convict the journalists of the media house, but it's to, um, it's to threaten and intimidate it, and 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 especially it's to make uh, almost a financial run against it, because of course uh, these lawsuits are expensive, um, and uh, they are often pursued by people who have a lot of money um, and uh, are not keen to follow the public interest. On the contrary, hmm. so I think we need to look very closely at anti-slap legislation. Uh, and mm. uh, we need to do this not only at the level of member states, we need to do this at the European level. And, and I think we need to push here the Commission and also the member states to take collective action. And this would be one uh, particular way to protect journalists uh, better across Europe, also through a, a rule of law tool. But I mean, the bottom line and mm. more broadly, uh, let me say, um, uh, journalists are not here uh, to please or serve politicians. We as politicians, uh, we come and go in terms of our offices. Uh, but it's important that the free press stays and, and uh, the journalists are free to do their job. And in that sense, uh, we need uh, to focus on the basics rule of the game, uh, which uh, keep and underpin the independence and the strength of uh, public media, uh, public broadcasters. Right. Uh, again, I think uh, we can do a lot more here in terms of monitoring at the European level uh, and, uh, and uh, looking at the best practices uh, from across Europe. I think part of the, uh, the European Commission's uh, uh, projects uh, include that about monitoring. But do you think that a new law like that could perhaps strengthen the hand of the European Court of Justice as a last resort for people who are challenging uh, uh, what laws they, they feel are unfair on the ground? Um, I do think we need to uh, bring in the courts uh, and the European Court of Justice uh, a lot more. I think we need to also see swifter action uh, from uh, the Commission. Uh, we've been urging the Commission to take uh, swifter and more decisive action here. Um, and of course, we need to also uh, get the European Court of Justice on board. It is our European Court. We are European citizens. Uh, and I think uh, we need to get an extra layer of protection here, especially mm. when the member states are failing. Yeah. What about the aspect of economically weak media uh, that are vulnerable to political pressure. Michal, can you talk about that? Yes, that, that, that's a great problem. We have, we have two parallel, parallel phenomena here. Uh, first is the financial crisis from 2007 and yeah. 9, which still has an impact on the situation of media because many, uh, from the global point of view, the GDP were uh, rising from that time. But um, these, uh, these money going to the advertisement market was, weren't targeted to to um, to the media or to um, the media who are uh, concerned on the quality journalism so first of all um, we have this crisis which makes the situation of publishing houses media houses uh, much much worse and it is estimated that in Poland one fourth journalists lost their jobs after this crisis after wow. 2013, um, and in Spain, uh, as I read, it was only it was almost one third. So it's a huge numbers, and the less 
posts for journalists are, the uh, weaker um, these uh, enterprises are, the more more vulnerable they are for, for political pressure. But we have also something which uh, EU is trying to deal with, uh, but we have to encourage um, institutions to, to, to make it better. I mean, this huge um, tech platforms, which are taking a huge amount of this advertisement market. Right. And uh, this, this, this money goes to, uh, to the states. Uh, and those who produce uh, content on which they earn money um, receive nothing in return for it. So, uh, and Sandra alluded to that. Um, is that, what is the answer here? You, you think it is, uh, as Sandra suggested, and what they're doing in Australia is, is, is taxation and, and using that money to subsidize, uh, but then there is the danger that these media become dependent on government subsidies, no? Um, and this is to me yeah. how. Yeah, yes, that, that, that's, that's of course it is, that is, that is a threat. Um, um, but, um, on one hand, you have, uh, for example, this this uh, uh, directive concerned with with the um, copyrights, saying how uh, this money that the big platforms earn should be uh, should pay, should they should be, pay for the copyright. Yeah, should, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it, it is one of that, and. Um, and of course, you have to remember that uh, media is a part of a free market, and you have the competition. But in if in a situation that some some entity has a monopolistic uh, situation, mm. there is no longer competition. So it's not like that transfer money from big tech firms to media, but to make the competition fair. Right, uh, Sandra. What are the universal hazards to the freedom of opinion in the media? Yeah, this is. Uh one of the, the crucial problems what we are facing because we are not anymore speaking about offline uh, media only we also have to take into account online media yeah. and uh, how uh, there also always are contradiction freedom of opinion and how to protect against hate speech disinformation on health-related issues yeah. and risks for human lives. That's what your and special. Continue that's, with that's that. what, yeah, that's what your special committee is all about, isn't it? Exactly, and and the the pro, the the premise. What I consider the most important is what is illegal offline should be illegal online, and this is the direction in, into which we are moving, and also Commission is moving, but. Uh, what I also would like to continue what Michal began about the platforms. What is important? Uh, every uh, uh, printed uh, editor-in-chief, uh, he is responsible for the information, what is printed in his um, uh, magazine. The same it has to be with platforms. They have to be accountable and they have also to be transparent regarding financial resources, what they receive for their political advertisements. That is important. And then about journalists, they really do a lot to check the facts. But here again, there is a huge disbalance between uh, let's say, fact-checkers, English-speaking, and fact-checkers in all other languages, even German and French, 
because uh, they signal their findings, they are not removed. And I should say in my country and in other smaller countries, uh, it could be even dangerous because if this information is um, getting speeder, it covers more of the country's territory and public opinion. And it's very difficult to fight. That's why platforms have also to pay attention to hmm. uh, diversity of languages. Right. And, and uh, regarding uh, freedom of opinion uh, versus regulation, that is obviously a hot potato you're dealing with on that, on that uh, disinformation special committee. Uh, how far do you go to regulate uh, free speech without making it look like censorship? Maybe um, Sandra and then Vlado. Yeah, they, they were really going a very fine line because uh, there is not yet ready-made answer and we have to find it. Yeah. And we can find it only if we work together with those who are professional in this uh, area. Uh, but uh, what I consider is important that we have to find um, there is uh, uh, illegal content and then there is harmful content and right. harmful content does not uh, classify as something which is illegal but it can cause enormous damage it poses a danger to society in capitol yeah yeah we have seen it in capitol building that was the result of four years of harmful content yeah yeah exactly uh, vlado can you add to that Absolutely. I mean, this is one of the crucial aspects we are dealing with in our special committee on uh, foreign interference and disinformation in the European Parliament. And uh, um, we are uh, very much uh, discussing uh, um, this fine line in terms of uh, how to uh, regulate without impinging upon free speech. I am convinced that we need to maintain the freedom of speech. I am convinced uh, uh, we cannot have censorship. Uh, this is the precondition for free and independent media. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, there are tools and ways in which, uh, yes, uh, I subscribe to the very same principle Sandra has underlined. What is illegal uh, offline must be illegal online, and this is uh, often not the case. Um, um, and uh, we do have uh, uh, clear rules on this in the um, on offline, offline world, and we need to apply them also online. And what is the biggest challenge at the moment is this gray zone, this harmful content, because there, was, mm. there is a lot of disinformation, manipulative disinformation, which also comes from abroad uh, beyond our borders. Um, and it's not necessarily illegal, but it's extremely dangerous. Um, and I think this is where we need to have the responsibility of the platforms. Uh, the platforms have to be much more transparent yeah. uh, about uh, the way they operate. They have to be much more transparent uh, with their algorithms uh, because oftentimes this harmful disinformation uh, spreads a lot more quickly than responsible, uh, uh, well-researched media content, uh, yeah. which is often costly and takes time. And I think here we need to uh, have some real balance. And this is going to be the real challenge when we discuss the Digital Services Act and when we discuss the Europe uh, European Democracy and Action uh, European Democracy Action Plan. Um, so, so we have the tools. Uh, 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 at, at our disposal in terms of the proposed uh, legislation and steps. And I think we just need to strike the right balance here. Michal, uh, I'm sure people like yourself are being sounded out by that special committee, by Vlado, by Sandra and their, and their colleagues on that special committee. What, what, what advice do you have to them on this issue now? 
I think that it should be uh, the most transparent as possible because, for example, uh, Ministry of, of, of Justice um, had a proposal um, recently in Poland to make so-called Freedom of Speech Act. Um, but it had some uh, problems for me. Uh, for example, the, the, the definition of disinformation, if this project of act uh, says that disinformation is something which is harmful to the society. And I'll be really, really careful uh, when it is a politician who says what is harmful <laughs> to society, Indeed. because it can be it can be tool against manipulation and disinformation, but it yeah. also it also can be a tool against those who criticize government. Yeah, that's true. That's 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 very true. Absolutely. Um, let's let's move on. Uh, we're uh, we got about. Uh, we don't have much time left. My gosh, uh, what about the uh, what? What role? What more of a role uh, should the EU play? How do we improve the situation? Um, uh, Vlado, you called in a recent e European Parliament debate to uh, monitor media, the media situation and media ownership across the EU, and for a stronger European support for independent media. Um, how should the EU concretely be doing that, Vlado? Well, I think there are legislative measures uh, we can take, such as the anti-slap laws I've already mentioned. But the monitoring exercise is extremely important. Uh, we've looked uh, much more closely at the problem with rule of law across uh, the European Union in, in recent months, recent years. Uh, we now have a regular monitoring exercise by the European Commission, uh, where it publishes uh, regular annual rule of law reports. And I think uh, the whole media situation, question of ownership, uh, question of the quality and independence and freedom of uh, press and media uh, should be a very prominent part of these annual rule of law reports um, because uh, then the Commission can enter into a real dialogue with the member states and of course with us in the European Parliament we can try to really make sure that uh, when there are problems uh, we find ways to improve this mm -hmm. so there are legislative measures there are also clear monitoring measures um, and, and yes I do believe uh, uh, we need to uh, put a, a lot more uh, prominence the role of the Commission um, and also the European Court of Justice uh, ultimately when it comes to uh, the, the legal basis here. Maybe one last point which I'll okay. mention here um, is we do have new legislation which ties uh, the principles of rule of law to uh, the use of the EU money, EU funds. And we are now discussing how exactly this should work um, and I think it's very important uh, that uh, uh, media freedom is an important part of, of, of rule of law. So when we look at uh, the future disbursement of European Union funds we also need to take into account uh, precisely this area um, and be vigilant uh, because uh, uh, at best we can be preventive and we should uh, focus on prevention um, and okay. we should have much more effective tools uh, uh, when it comes to preventing uh, the media situation from becoming as bad as it's becoming some of the member states. And, and let's talk about the more extreme cases. Can we put up those pictures of Daphne Caruana Galizia? the uh, Maltese journalist who was uh, killed in a car bombing in 2017, and Jan Kuciak, who with his fiancée were killed in 2018, shot dead in their apartment in Slovakia in 2018. And, and there are other cases, and I did mention the, the, the journalist in, in uh, Montenegro who was attacked recently, and actually uh, there was a car bomb outside his house a few years ago. So these threats continue. Can, can we put up those pictures, I hope? You, we got them. Okay, Carlos, thanks. Um, what do we do about that? What more can the EU do to prevent these attacks? Um, Sandra, let me ask you. Uh, 
first of all we have to be uh, we have to have political will and this political will have to be present also in member states for instance regarding uh, Daphne Caruana Galicia European People's Party, we asked to put the debate on the plenary agenda, but it was not supported by socialist group because actually Malta has socialist government. The freedom of press and attack, of physical attack and uh, killing is something which has to be above the political uh, ideologies. This is about uh, uh, humanity and human rights. But I also would like to um, pay tribute to our neighbors, Bel Belarusians. It's just uh, two hours from my capital, Riga, yes. and we are in Belarus. Daria Chulsova and Katarina Andreev, they have been sentenced for two years into jail just because they reported on the protest manifestations in Belarus. Altogether, more than 100 journalists have been administratively uh, assigned prison sentences. Uh, Vlado, can, can, uh, I just want to mention that you recently condemned uh, the attack against uh, the Mon Montenegrin investigative journalist uh, Shad Sadikovich, and you called on authorities to investigate fully and swiftly. Um, what more do you think should be done about that? Uh, we shouldn't keep quiet. Uh, we need to make this into a prominent public issue. And, and yes, indeed, Mr. Sadikovic has been attacked repeatedly in Montenegro. Yeah. Um, and I am very concerned about the situation also in the European Union neighborhood. Uh, in addition to Belarus, it's important to mention the Western Balkans as well. Uh, and, who, who are uh, vying course, for who are vying for EU membership? So we got a well, whole vying for EU membership, and I think uh, we've made this very clear. Uh, EU membership uh, is uh, is is there for countries that fulfill the criteria, yes. and, and media freedom um, is is the key is part issue, of that. one of the key issues. That's so right. so it's it's a part of that, and and that's that's one way of dealing with this. But but you know, I also come from a country where uh, Jan Kuciak was murdered, um, and uh, yes. um, you've mentioned Jan Kuciak and Daphne Karolna Galicia. I think we also need to show uh, uh, to the world that uh, um, these cases are investigated fully and properly and that uh, justice is, is served. Uh, we are waiting for a verdict uh, uh, of the highest court. Uh, there is an appeal uh, to, uh, to in, in the case of uh, those who ordered these murders. I think it's important we not only convict the killers, that's mm. often easier, but we also need to go behind the scenes and, and make sure that justice is served when it comes to those who are often behind these murders. Um, and, and this is the case uh, and the challenge for both Slovakia and Malta. Um, and, and I hope uh, if and when we get these cases fully resolved and justice is fully served, this will also be a, a huge help when it comes to having a sense uh, that there is, uh, when these tragedies happen, uh, we, we can, uh, in Europe, act and act consequently. So I think uh, we need this catharsis as well uh, as a basic precondition, which will show that we are taking this uh, issue seriously mm. uh, because it is of utmost public concern. Uh, Michal uh, of Jespospolita, deputy editor, I'd like to give you the last word. How? Uh, thank can, you very much. Oh, hold on one second. How can this house of 700 parliamentarians representing the voice of the people, 450 million Europeans, what can they do to make you and your colleagues feel safer? 
I think it's uh, um, Vlado and Sandro talked about it. I mean, those who won't make uh, journalists um, silent doesn't want to to hear about it. So if yeah. there is pressure, if there is a, there are questions, if there is uh, um, resolutions on all the discussions, that is something which um, which is making nervous those who would like to 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 make the media quiet. So. Do not let them. Um, do not. Do not let them uh, succeed, and do not. Do not be quiet about this situation. Right, Michal, Sandra, Vlado, thank you so much, and I'd like to give a final thought from uh, Albert Camus, French philosopher, author, journalist, who said, "A free press can, of course, be good or bad, but most certainly, without freedom." The press will never be anything but bad. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time on the EPP Group podcast here in the European Parliament. See you then.